recorded live on the Fireside app, it's The Stacking Benjamin Show. I'm Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug, and why, according to a recent study, are some teens already worried sick about retirement? We'll discuss that and what you can do to handle your own stress about the future, even if your teens disappeared from your rearview mirror decades ago. Yeah, I'm talking to you, Len. Here to help us dive in, she works with the new savers to get them rothing away from the new Ready to Roth blog, it's Krista Edwards. And from the Afford Anything podcast, say hello to Paula Pant. Last but not least, from LenPenzo.com, it's OG. No, I'm just kidding. That guy was too grouchy to join us today, so we'll just stick with Len Penzo. Later, I'll carve out some time to give you some charity-themed trivia. And now, a guy who is basic in more ways than just his finances, I'm talking pumpkin spice lattes and Ugg boots in the fall basic, it's Joe Saul Cihai. Is that a thing? Isn't that what all the kids are doing these days, Doug? All the pretty ones, Jeff. Everybody. Well, that definitely includes me. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Awkward Middle-Aged Conversations for the Win. I'm Joe Saul. See hi, Average Joe Money on Twitter. Happy Friday to you. And we record this live on Monday, so it's always weird to say that. But you know what's not weird to say? That from deep under Los Angeles, Mr. Len Penzo joins us. You know, I am... I, I'm, I'm sorry. I, I've had this Oreo cookie. It, did they change the recipe on those things? I mean, do you get the Halloween Oreos? <laughs> maybe that's I. I don't know, but but the um, the uh, inside there, the cream is like uh, sandpaper. It's just not like I remember it. It's not the same. Not no, to, it's did, not the but, same. But you got the whole milk with it. You got to dip them in milk oh, yeah. until that oh, yeah. sandpaper until, goes away. Until all and all the bubbles stop coming up yeah, through absolutely. the milk, and then yes, there's absolutely. a protocol, Len. There is a <laughs> protocol to the Oreo to the Oreo cookie. By the way, nothing makes better audio than you chomping away. Sorry um, about that. In fact, somebody somebody gave us a review saying that they have like some disorder. So I apologize to you. They're probably not listening anymore. But uh, yeah, they, they shouldn't should no more chomp. So, I won't. I'm sorry. <laughs> that's all right. And here celebrating uh, Grouchy Day with us is Paula Pant. Grouchy Day. It, it makes me think of Oscar the Grouch, which it, it, always makes me smile. It doesn't make you think of OG first? Hmm. Wow. He is kind of furry. For a dig and I didn't take it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm grouchy about that. I guess. I'm, just, I'm just surprised Paula knows Oscar the Grouch. So that's, that's I know. Excellent. A pop culture reference I actually get. <laughs> it actually is kind of good uh, job, Paula. Yeah, but but but, but you know what? It was on PBS. So Len, there you go. That's <laughs> yeah, the one channel right. Paula watched all the way through. She's reading Money Magazine, watching PBS, right, Paula? <laughs> I had an article published in AARP magazine when I was in my twenties. So. <laughs> that's, that's, that's a win right there. Of course, that goes along with winning the uh, winning the what Plutus for lifetime achievement when you were what thirty five. 33. 33. 33. 33 <laughs> yes. So there you go, Grandma. You're all set. And the woman who also I'm sure aspires to write for AARP before she's 30, Krista Edwards is here. How are you? 
Hey, I'm doing well. Is that a life goal, right for ARP at a young age? Absolutely. Yes. I'm, t- I'm taking notes over here. <laughs> it is super. Well, what's fun is that while while you may not have written for ARP yet, you're helping people get ready at a young age for their later years. You're helping people shove money into the Roth IRA. Absolutely. That is the goal. Yeah. How, why did you decide to begin the Ready to Roth blog? So Ready to Roth, it really came out of my own personal finance journey. It started about two or three years ago, figuring out you know, being overwhelmed by investment options and not really knowing where to start, especially when it came to long-term retirement savings. So I started the blog really to help, you know, myself kind of figure out uh, what I needed to be doing with my money. And I realized I learned about Roth IRAs and it felt like this light bulb just went off for me. I know it's not magic, but it really felt like it for me, uh, the way that this account can really change people's lives, especially if they start young. So it was at that point that I really knew I wanted to help other people start learning how to save and invest their own money, especially at a young age. Um, So yeah, I'm super excited about documenting my own journey and also sharing um, my learnings with the world. Well, and it's, it's so fun and it's such a light bulb that people get. And I love hearing about your light bulb going off too. But what I don't like hearing about is that stress that you felt. And that's definitely what we're going to talk about today. We've got Krista here. We got Paula here. We got Len here to talk about managing your financial stress, especially around retirement. But first, this episode is sponsored by State Farm. You a small business owner looking for insurance that fits your needs and budget? Well, look no further than State Farm. State Farm agents are not just insurance providers, they're also small business owners who live and work right here in your community. They understand the unique challenges of running and protecting a small business. When it comes to small business insurance, State Farm knows what it takes. Create a plan that fits your needs and your budget. State Farm agents are ready to help you choose personalized policies that truly understand your business. Ensure your small business with a fellow small business owner. Talk to a State Farm agent today and get started on personalized small business insurance that fits your needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify. The global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. This episode is sponsored by State Farm. You a small business owner looking for insurance that fits your needs and budget? Well, look no further than State Farm. State Farm agents are not just insurance providers, they're also small business owners who live and work right here in your community. They understand the unique challenges of running and protecting a small business. When it comes to small business insurance, State Farm knows what it takes. Create a plan that fits your needs and your budget. State Farm agents are ready to help you choose personalized policies that truly understand your business. Ensure your small business with a fellow small business owner. Talk to a State Farm agent today and get started on personalized small business insurance that fits your needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. All right, time that we sail into today's topic. (music) 
Today's piece is written by Mr. Eric Brutman, who's been on this show before from uh, the Graduate Don't Retire podcast. He's a certified financial planner. Wrote this in Forbes, and I found this incredibly insightful. Retirement panic is starting early, he writes. Why adults in their 20s are already worried about retirement, but even worse than that, he even talks about uh, this poll from Credit Ninja where retirement worry starts as early as 19 years old. And Krista is a special guest. I want to start with you on this topic. You're talking to people who are in their teens and in their 20s. Were you super worried? Did you feel a lot of stress around retirement? You know, I would say I definitely had a lot of stress around money, but I don't know that I was specifically thinking about retirement when I was feeling that stress. That's interesting. So then why the Roth and why not like just the emergency fund, right? Yeah, that's a really good question. So for me, I think when I, I started to learn about investing, which was where I felt the most stress. So I, like, I didn't even know what investing was, but I felt overwhelmed by all of the options out there and all of the advice. So when I started learning about investment in different investment vehicles like the Roth, I realized that to me, the Roth really gave you gives you the most bang for your buck, especially if you're starting young uh, because of you know the tax-free benefits, um, but also the ability to pull money out if you need to. Uh. Although that's not ideal, that to me uh, really inspired me to feel comfortable investing at a young age, but know that if I had an emergency or I had something I really needed to do, like go back to school, I still had access to that money, which you don't have with, you know, some of the other investment options. That's interesting. When I was a financial planner, Krista, I used to, if somebody was really struggling with getting money for retirement and they didn't have a lot of super expenses, but they could do it, we would try to put money into a Roth IRA and leave the money in cash so that if they had to take that money out, they could take that money out without any, because you can take your principal out whenever you want without penalty. Yeah, that totally makes sense. Yeah, it was, it was cool stuff. Len, when did you... have you did you feel pressure in your 20s and and in your teens about retirement no i you know in my teens my dad told me he told me that i should be saving from retirement i started working as a grocery store at 16 <laughs> and he was telling me you got to put money away for retirement and i was like come on dad you know it's like i'm 16 years and i didn't i didn't put a cent away you were too busy uh, trying to save money to to sneak six packs out the back door well, ex- that kind of stuff and my car was everything <laughs> to me so all the money was going into my car my car and my music as well i was buying you know Know, guitars and and amplifiers and and I just look back now at all the money that I I squand I guess I could use the word squandered I mean I should have put at least if I even put a third of that into my retirement uh, I'd be so much better off you know so you yeah think, I, unfortunate do, do you think you should are you saying you think you should have felt more stress around retirement than you did. Yeah. I, well, yeah, I think I was, I was oblivious. So I didn't feel stress because I didn't, I just figured out, gosh, you know, like I said, I was young and I even said, it's like, God, I have so many years, dad, you know, it's like, I can, I can can save money. Yeah. I can do that later. And then my cousin, I talk about my cousin, Kevin, who's a CPA. He's uh, since retired himself now, but he was, I looked up to him. uh, I still do as a, as a older brother. And he showed me some numbers when I was in my early twenties that showed, you know, if you, if your parents would put away, I think it was a thousand dollars, just a thousand dollars every year, starting on the, your first year that you were born for seven years. And you put that into an account that earned 7%, I think, uh, 
annually and you didn't put another penny away, you'd have a million bucks by the time you were 65. He showed me that and I was like, you got to be kidding. Is that, you know, that's when the, the compound interest thing just really, uh, that's when I woke up. Yeah, but I'm, su- I'm surprised because if you talked about your parents doing that, I'm surprised at Lempenzo.com, you're not constantly blaming your parents for your lack of f- physical discipline. <laughs> you know what I say? And this is true, is the older <laughs> I got, the smarter my parents got. Right? You know? That's <laughs> well, I don't know. For me, until I was like 10 or 11, they were super smart. And then they got dumb. Like it wasn't oh. me. They got dumb in high school. And then as I moved into college, they got brilliant again. It was like they had a disease and then and recovered. Yeah, well, <laughs> was strange. Hey, Paula, when you were writing for AARP and, and watching PBS and reading Money Magazine uh, as an infant, was that because you were stressed out about retirement? I wasn't stressed out about retirement, but retirement was definitely on my radar from a young age. And that was because of my parents. It was watching and listening to my dad talk about retirement planning and be so imminently, you know, on the cusp of retirement planning. And, and of course, he came to the U.S. Uh, late in life. Both of my parents came to the U.S. late in life. Um, so my dad started his first job in the United States when he was in his early 40s. And so he had this very compressed timeline to like save and prepare for retirement. And so I was just very aware of that. Yeah. And so it just, it put retirement on my radar at a really early age. So, so you, you also then never really felt retirement stress though? No, no, I wasn't stressed about it. It was just one of those things that it seemed normal to me that, um, that it's something that like everyone would think about all of the time. Krista, do you believe this study then? Uh, uh, Neither you nor Len nor Paula uh, really felt this, quote, stress that that we're emphasizing today and Eric talks about in this piece. Do you you buy this, that people as young as 19 and in their early 20s are pretty stressed out about retirement already? You know, I can definitely buy aspects of it, um, but I, I think it would be more of a people are stressed about money in general. I mean, a piece of that is definitely retirement, but Part of it, the the part that's really resonating with me is the fact that I know for people in their twenties, uh, like I am, you know, our parents are nearing retirement age, um, and if your family is struggling with not being able to retire, like your parents, uh, I can definitely understand how that's going to trickle down and, and get folks really worried about it, especially right now with the pandemic that we just went through. Yeah. So I I can definitely buy it, um, but I'm just struggling a little bit because I know I wasn't thinking about it. When I was, you know, sixteen or eighteen, it wasn't really still till I started learning about all this stuff that I realized I should really be concerned with it. Yeah, but still, I think you know the, the tough part. We'll talk about tactics later in the show. I feel like you can never go backwards, right? So stressing out over it is 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 pretty worthless. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So it's interesting to me when, when you're talking to people that read your blog, when it comes to retirement, and you also talk about you didn't know anything about investments. What was the hardest part to wrap your head around when it came to retirement planning? I think for me, it was trying to get straight, like where, which account you needed um, based on, I guess, where you were, either where you were working. Mm-hmm. I really struggled with you know, what's, what's a 401k? You know, I got handed this paperwork, my first job out of college and I had to fill it out and figure out how much I wanted to allocate. And I just felt completely overwhelmed. You know, I, I didn't know what any of that me- meant. So figuring out, you know, what even is the account and what's the purpose of it? And once I got that down, um, I started to really be able to apply the investing advice and thinking about, you know, how I actually want my money to grow. But for me, it was just 
really trying to understand, you know, what's this count account and what's that account and which one should I use first and which one should be next. So really just the the structure of managing money. And then once I felt like I had that structure in place, uh, the rest was a lot easier to pick up for me. It was funny. We were talking about this a little bit when we did our uh, live show at FinCon about how much information there is out there. Was it was it just difficult to know either what information to trust or what information was actually available or just too many choices? You know, I'd, I'd say all of that really resonated with me. Yeah. Uh, and it's, it's part of, you know, what's inspired me to start blogging about it is the fact that I feel like a lot of the anxiety really just comes from not knowing where to start and not knowing who to trust. Paula, as uh, speaking of who to trust, I want to ask you a little bit about social media because we're recording this on a day when Facebook and Instagram are down, which means I had a phenomenal day without, <laughs> without quote, being social <laughs> on, on social media. But do you think that social media is part of the reason to blame that young people increasingly just spend so much time on social media? So we're sitting here looking at how well other people are supposedly doing. Is that where a lot of the stress Krista's talking about comes from, you think? I think there can be general financial stress, keeping up with the Joneses stress, when you see this curated view of another person's life and you see only the, the, the highlight reel. So I think that that's an element of it. But let's not forget, there's also a lot of financial information on social media, some of which is good and some of which is absolutely terrible. So a lot of people, and I think we really saw a surge in this during the pandemic, a lot of people went to social media to start learning about anything from, you know, ranging from day trading to cryptocurrencies and not saying that day trading or cryptocurrency is bad per se, but there are a lot of people out there who have different frameworks and philosophies and approaches, shall we say. And for a novice who doesn't yet have the critical judgment to discern, you know, good advice from bad, I think there, there can be, you know, People might make use social media, make the wrong decisions. That also compounds your stress. Does that? That's what I was going to ask. I think that stresses you out more, right? Because you because you don't know if the source is believable or not. Or well, I mean, or you don't know whether or not to question if the source. is Oh believable, yeah, 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 that's scarier. Yeah. What do? Am I questioning the right things at all? Right. Exactly. Yeah. Len, it's it's interesting when we're talking to Krista and Paula here about financial stress. What is it? When did you feel the most stress financially in your life? Well, probably when I bought this the current house that I'm in that I've been in for 23 years. I, um, you know, I think I've mentioned this many times. I mean, I we stretched. I, I made a critical mistake. We had the honeybee quit her job as a paralegal before we bought this house. So, you know, that put it all on my income, which, and I really had to stretch, really had to stretch my income to get in. And, and so there was a couple of years there where we were living, you know, almost, almost week to week. I mean, we were living a lean life for a few years. Did you ever think of maybe going back to two incomes? No, we figured we'd, we'd make it work. I, you know, honestly, and, and since we're talking about, I, I actually thought about scaling back my retirement contributions during that time. I didn't, but there was a point there where I was like, maybe I should scale back a little bit of my retirement. So we have a little more money to, to spend. Um, but I didn't do that. And just deal with retire later. Yeah. And let me, can I go back to one, one thing that was brought up? I think you made a a great point about the, the stress and social media. I, I think you, you nailed it. Um, you know, a lot of social media and I, think looking especially at my daughter who 
they can people compare themselves to others in social media and and I see there's some amazing stories on social media you know you see a lot of people talking about hey I've got millions of dollars and I'm in my early 30s and I'm retiring now no one of course that's going to stress most people out you know they're going to naturally want to compare themselves and say well gosh I'm in my 30s and I don't have you know I have an order of magnitude or two orders of magnitude less than that so that could really build up the I can just see how that can build up the stress and to the other point is for me when I was younger I didn't have the internet there was no internet so I didn't have as much things to be stressed about. Yeah. I had Lewis Ruckheiser on PBS yeah. basically, and I had Smith Barney commercials. And that was basically my exposure in my, you know, teen years to retirement. I did. That's why I wasn't worried about it because, but now you just, it's everywhere. If people talk about personal finance, it's gone to a whole nother level. Yeah. It, it, it's funny you say that because, you know, Len, it was interesting for me because I was getting my financial crap together at the same time that the internet was coming around. And I found that as it got harder and harder to hide about how behind I was and how financially unsavvy I was uh, back in the 90s, like as the 90s developed, I felt more and more and more stressed because I could compare myself more readily, right? Yep. And I could see how far behind. But then I think that that stress wasn't necessarily a bad thing, that actually getting stressed might have been half of the reason why I pulled myself out of that financial misery and got my act together. Yeah, bingo. I, I agree. It's a double-edged sword. I mean, but, so there's the secret, right? You got to use that stress to your advantage. I think that is, that's a, a great, a great way to put it. Yes, you're going to be stressed, but use it to your advantage. Well, we're going to talk about how to do that. We're going to get tactics from Len, from you, Paula and Krista in just a minute, but we've got a trivia challenge first. At this point in the show, our three main contributors all are fighting in a year-long competition for the big Stacking Benjamins prize at the end of the year. And uh, the score at the end of uh, last week, beginning this week's, is OG has 14, Len has 13, and Paula has 11. Krista, today you're playing on behalf of OG, and that's good news and bad news. You want the good news first or the bad news? Let's hear the bad news. Well, the bad news is, is because you're winning, you're going to have to guess first. But the good news is, is because, <laughs> but, but the good news is, is because you're winning, you've got a little padding, so you don't have to worry about it. And plus, nobody ever knows the answers to these questions most of the time anyway. So don't feel at all, at all worried about it. Uh, Paula, I've got a question for you. OG's got 14, you've got 11. It's getting late in the season there, dear. Yeah, I know. It's suspiciously late. Is there a prize at the end of the year? Of is it course there is. Didn't we have a listener who at the beginning of the year promised to make us a cake? Remember I, I that? I remember a discussion, a cake-related discussion. Yeah, see, I always remember cake. I don't remember who, but I remember cake. Very, very important. We do have to have a trophy, right? I think we need a trophy. I, I agree. We've been doing this for a long time, Kristen. We haven't decided what the prize is yet. That's how professional this is. But Can the trophy be made of Oreo cookies? <laughs> <that's>, <laughs> I'm listening. You had me. You got me right there. As long as it comes with the milk. Yes. All right. Milk, milk inside the trophy. <laughs> kind of like the Plutus cup, right? The, Pl yeah. the Plutus award cup. <laughs> Looks like we took third place in U8 soccer and we can dip cookies in it. And I, and I make fun of the Plutus Award without making fun of the Plutus Awards. I love the Plutus Awards, but that trophy, everybody's like, oh, you have this from elementary school. <laughs> yeah. No, that's my Lifetime Achievement Award. <laughs> yep. 
All right. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> enough of that. Doug, you ready to regale us with, uh, well, some trivia on what uh, today's holiday is? Now I'm ready. Hey there, stackers. I'm Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug, and I'm not at all surprised that OG isn't here today. He's probably off celebrating one of his favorite holidays, National Grouch Day. Although we celebrated Len's holiday a couple weeks ago, we'll let him fill in as our obligatory grouch while OG's out. Want to play that part, Len? Don't even bother answering. You just do sort of by default. <laughs> if, you, if you had to guess, Paula, who would you say is OG's favorite Sesame Street character? Uh, <laughs> uh, I, would, I would say definitely Oscar the Grouch. Yeah, look how excited she got because she thought she got a point in the trivia. It's not the trivia <laughs> oh, question. Oh, yeah, Paula. Oscar the Grouch, OG. I mean, it makes sense. <laughs> oh, it does. Yeah, but you, you get no points for that because it's far too easy. It's Oscar the Grouch, of course. But I think, you know, close second are those two old dudes sitting up in the balcony on The Muppet Show. I think those are his second favorite. Anyway, it reminds me of the actual trivia question for today. Here it is. DoorDash recently partnered with Sesame Street to raise money for charity. They ultimately donated $1 million. So the question is, how much did DoorDash spend to raise $1 million for charity? I'll be back with your answer faster than you can tell me how to get, how to get to Sesame Street. <laughs> you can tell me how to get, how to get. everybody now. Nice. Oh, no, no, no. I like, I like your rendition. All right, Krista, they, uh, they raised a million dollars for charity, uh, DoorDash, helping, helping out charity with uh, the help of Sesame Street. How much money do you think it took them to raise that much money in advertisements? Can you hear me? I can. We got you. Why did you? Okay. Go, did you go away? We're not talking. To I you. dropped off. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry about that. So if there was a question, I totally missed it. <laughs> hey, what's up? Hey, what's what, what's a stacking Benjamin show without my without me dropping off the line we there? Had to, we had to have it. The question. The, the question was, well, Doug, you want to give him the question? Or do you just want me to give you the answer blind and then maybe who knows? I might come in. <laughs> the answer is tree slaw. Um, <laughs> answer is Lewis Brookheiser. Yeah. So the, <laughs> Great. the question, Len, is the question. No, you just, is, just, just get to the DoorDash. DoorDash partnered with Sesame Street to raise money for charity. They donated a million bucks. So the question yeah. is, how much did DoorDash have to spend to raise that million dollars for charity? Yes. How much did it cost Whoa. DoorDash to raise a million dollars? This sounds like a trick question almost. Partnering with Sesame did... Street. Well, okay. So so what did Krista say? Well, we, well, we're at Krista's guess, and you came roaring in right oh. as Krista was about to start <laughs> like talking. Like <a> <laughs> Okay. Well, you gave me some much-needed time, though, to contemplate that. I know. Uncle, I... Uncle Len, Krista, automat- wakes up from his nap. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, Krista, give an answer quick in case I drop off again. Dreaming about cryptics. All right, Krista, what do you think? How much money did it cost them? For some reason, 500000 is sticking in my head right now. So I'm going to go with that. All right, 500000 because it's sticky. And Len, what are you thinking, man? Well, so what did it cost them to raise a million bucks? Uh, I think this is a trick question. I think this is a trick question. I'm going to say... A million bucks. You're going to cost them $1 million. <laughs> Boy, that's a great ROI right there. Uh, Paula. You know, uh, 
I mean, it feels like a trick question, but I'm going to play it safe and assume that they all did a good job. So, uh, <laughs> good one, Paul. I think you're right, Paula. I am going to go with. Uh, I'll t- I'll take the uh, the downside. I'm going to go with four hundred four hundred and ninety nine thousand nine hundred and ninety nine dollars. And that's so, the way we play the game, Krista, right there. <laughs> I see. All right. And that's the bad news about going first is that Paula or Len, I mean, we're all equal opportunity, just cut you off at the knees. Yes. I love it. Well, we'd like to tell you who won, but we don't play that way. We'll be right back. Well, if you're new to Stacky Benjamins, you may not know that I've tried out a lot of personal finance apps. I like to be a guinea pig and try out all these things. So I know what I'm talking about when it comes to... Uh, what's helpful and what isn't helpful. And uh, the app that I've used the longest has been Monarch Money. And it's because Cheryl and I, my spouse, were able to collaborate together. We can work on our goals together and our budget and our goals are right next to each other on the app. It is clearly the next generation of personal finance apps. So what is it? Monarch is the top rated all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. You create custom budgets, track progress toward financial goals and collaborate with your partner. And now because you're a stacker, you'll get an extended 30 day free trial. When you go to monarchmoney.com slash Benjamins. I love the fact that we get to collaborate. I love the fact that it's customizable. And I also love that it's this ad free privacy. You can trust. They never sell your data to third parties or show you ads after trying out Monarch myself. I totally get why it's the top rated personal finance app. And right now, because you're a stacker, you're going to get an extended 30-day free trial to try it out like I try out many different apps. And this one was sticky for me because, well, you'll see when you try out the 30-day free trial. Go to monarchmoney.com slash Benjamins. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y.com slash Benjamins for your extended 30-day free trial. Hey, Staggers, this is Military Appreciation Month. You know what that means. We are recognizing all of our stackers in the audience my good friend Nords, Doug Nordman, who uh, some of you may know, he is a writer in personal finance. He's a guy I'd like to do a shout out to. He is such a giving member of the FIRE community, the Financial Independence Retire Early community. Uh, Nords will do anything for you. It's just, just, I think some of that comes from his time on a submarine, like my nephew Colin, who's on a submarine right now, and all the work that uh, he did there. Just a super giving member of the community. And you know what? A Navy Federal Credit Union wants to celebrate their members who go above and beyond, not this month, but every month. Navy Federal offers members only exclusive rates, discounts, and tools to empower their members and help them reach their goals. Here's one of their offers in honor of Military Appreciation Month. Join and get $50 when you open a credit card. Of course, you want to have your whole debt strategy planned out, don't you? Don't just go open a credit card willy-nilly, as mom says. Uh, here's a disclaimer. You got to join and open your membership savings account between May 1st and May 31st. So get on it stackers. Annual percentage yield is a 0.25% for membership savings account, $5 minimum balance to open, maintain your membership savings account to obtain the bonus. Visit navyfederal.org for full terms and conditions. That's just one of the things they have a 24 seven help for their us based service members. They have resources all over the place. Head to Navy federal org for full terms, conditions, and other offers. Navy and Federal is insured by NCUA Equal Housing Lender. Krista, you kicked it off with five hundred thousand dollars, which looked good until Paula took you out on the downside. Yeah, I'm, I'm waiting for it to be 
four hundred and ninety thousand and ninety eight dollars. What if it's what if it's five oh one? Then that, I think I'm I'm gonna have to come back and play again. Just be that's G- <laughs> absolutely. Uh, Len, it looks like uh, Paula thinks the ROI was pretty decent at four ninety nine, and you've got a million. So I don't know, ma'am. Yeah. I, well, you know what? I think logically Paula's probably correct, but this question just, it just, why, this question makes no sense unless it's a trick question and it, and these guys screwed up somehow. So well, we, I, I'm on the fence, but I think I'm, I may have a chance. And Paula, you feeling as good about your answer as Len is? I mean, I feel good about my, I, I feel like the two proper guesses would either have been the guess that I gave or one million and one dollars. Like either they did a good job of this, or they royally effed it up yep. and spent more than they raised. Well, only one. one of the two. Only one person knows Paula, and I hate to tell you this, but it's Doug, which is scary as hell. But let's <laughs> let's find out. <laughs> hey there, stackers! I'm Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug. And did you hear how I went to break singing that cute little ditty? Can you tell me how? To- yeah. Nowadays, shouldn't that phrase be, "Hey Siri, give me directions to Sesame Street"? Or Maybe a quick trip to Google Maps for the Sesame Street team. I mean, who even asks for directions anymore besides Len? No, we just get a television. We just trip take. We just get a trip take. If you could go back to 1994, sure. <laughs> hey, Children's Television Workshop, time to update your open like maybe 10 years ago. <laughs> and on to today's holiday, National Grouch Day. You know, let me give you a, a glance behind the curtain here down in the basement. The only grouchy OG moments you guys get to hear is when he's on the podcast. Here's how we celebrate National Grouch Day down here in the basement. First, one of my favorite things to do is to emphasize in front of OG that a perfect portfolio is 50% pots. <laughs> you just step back and just watch the fireworks after that. I mean, watch what happens next, but you know, just get, like, get out of the way. Follow that up by insisting that boxed wine is every bit as good as premium wine. <laughs> That's like that's like hitting him with the left right after that first one. And then you want to go in for the knockout? Remind him he's a Sagittarius and he has no idea what the hell he's talking about. <laughs> Down for the count. But then you you, you got to put on your running shoes yeah. and, and run for it because he's coming after you. But he's not here. So how about if we do one of his least favorite phrases and land the plane on today's trivia? Huh? <laughs> the question was, how much did DoorDash spend to advertise with the Sesame crew in their partnership that ultimately raised $1 million for charity with one of the best ROIs on record sarcasm DoorDash spent 5.5 million on a Super Bowl ad to advertise their $1 million charity donation. What? Talk about (laughs) exactly right, Paula. What? And with that, I was going to say, I think that was Krista. is our winner. Oh, was it? It was. It was Krista, I believe. Okay. (laughs) Yes. Len pulls it out of his back pocket. Yeah, that question, it had to have been a trick question. Otherwise, it wouldn't have made any sense. I think the only trick is that DoorDash did. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) (laughs) That's terrible. Well, and the way that went down, the way that went down, by the way, my understanding is, is that DoorDash bought the Super Bowl commercial and said, hey, we're going to raise money with Sesame Street. And they solicited donations on the thing and they only got a million dollars. Oh, my gosh. So, yeah, not great. But uh, Len gets the win, puts him back in a tie with OG. 
And Paula, it means the comeback gets even bigger. The comeback story. Yikes. Comeback season. Yikes. Here it comes. All right. The second half of our discussion on financial stress brought to you by Magnify Money. Doug, you know what happens when you go to stackingbenjamins.com forward slash Magnify Money? You can save up to 15% on your car insurance? No, that's the other That's the other sponsor. <laughs> <laughs> We've got them too, but you have, you have them confused. This one really? is... Yes. <laughs> <laughs> we get we get all the sponsors. Yes. It's hard to keep all the taglines right. But uh no, you head to stackybenjamins.com forward slash magnify money, you find that ninety percent of those ninety-two percent actually of all those uh financial products you use every day from your brick and mortar bank probably not the best in class because they rate them all head to head against all the best stuff online. Head to stackingbenjamins.com forward slash magnify money. And you can see how to have better checking accounts, savings accounts, CDs, and more. All right. In the first half of this discussion, we talked about stress and whether you felt stress and how you felt stress and ended that with a discussion about maybe stress isn't a bad thing, but Krista, we'll start with you again as the guest of honor. When it comes to, to, to feeling financial stress, when you do feel financial stress from time to time, you've got some things here in the piece that we have from Eric, but you also, I'm sure, have some ideas for how you handle financial stress. What do you do? What's your best tactic? Yeah, so I think for me, whenever I'm feeling financial stress, the, the first thing you want to do is make sure you're educated. And I, I mean that in a couple different ways. So I've noticed in my own life and the folks that I talk to about money all the time is we tend to get into the habit of the more we feel stressed about money or a particular money topic, the less we actually want to, you know, look at our account and and look and dive in and see what's happening. I think about this for me, like when I know I've been eating out all the time and I start to feel a little stressed about that extra spending. I have a habit of not checking my account because I don't even <laughs> want to know the full amount. Like if you don't look at it, it's not going to be bad. Exactly. Yeah. And I've caught myself so many times in that habit. So what I've, I've tried to do is as soon as I start to feel the stress, I just pause and I get real with myself. You know, I take a look, I figure out what do the numbers actually tell me? And it helps me take that emotion out of it a little bit. And then once I'm actually, you know, looking to figure out what the situation is, that's when I start digging into the great financial education resources that are out there to try to understand, you know, how could I budget better? Or in our case, you know, how could I allocate a little more of that entertainment money to my Roth IRA and help alleviate that stress for the long term? So those were some key crucial pieces for me when I was just getting started in all of this. Yeah. Um, And in particular, understanding compound interest, that was another huge aha moment for me. Once I understood that, it was a lot easier for me to put more money in the retirement account and spend less on Chipotle. (laughs) (laughs) You're going to wait and spend the interest on some Chipotle. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Lynn thought you said AAA, by the way. Uh, Oh, man. Getting getting triptychs, right, Lynn? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That's funny. That was actually my first job out of college. Was it really? Yeah. Did you do the, did you make the trip ticks? I didn't. I was actually in the insurance department, but oh, okay. I knew the people that made the trip ticks. Okay. Nice. She's got friends, Len. She's got, so that's if you ever awesome. need to need- hit me up, we'll get you a trip. Right. <laughs> Talk about something that's so out of date now. Oh my God. You imagine you read, I mean, that was high tech back then. I know we, I learned all about it, the history of it. So what's, so wait a minute. What's interesting here is that Krista I'm betting is younger than Paula and Len is older. And I think Paula's surrounded. She's got no idea what the hell we're talking about. Uh, Yeah. You know, I, I, 
for the first time, we have somebody younger than Paula. Ask the obvious question, which is, what's a triptych? (laughs) That's what what Google's for, Paula. I say that so much that, you know, it's just, I don't want, I'm just that person who's like constantly like, what's a this and what's a that? Who's Jack Benny? What's Bartles and James? <laughs> you know what? I'm so I'm so nerdy. We'd go on cross country trips all the time when I was a kid, and boy, it was like Christmas morning when my dad came home from AAA with the trip tick, and I got to I go through that thing, seeing exactly oh, how we were going to get from the west so coast fun. to the east coast. Yes, so fun. Page by but page Paula excitement, Paul. So is is it just like a like a map with instructions? It is, but the maps were like turn by turn. So you, you had this yes. like Siri, you would flip to the next map whenever you would turn. So, and they would it highlight in your like hand. The, yes. It basically fit in your hand. Instead of opening up this humongous map, it would be, your journey would be page by page by page. <laughs> Listen to how excited Len is. <laughs> I was going to say, we're turning this into the triptych podcast. <laughs> Almost as excited as Paula was when he mentioned Lewis Ruckheiser, because I'm pretty sure Paula had that poster on her Wall, like instead right. of the Backstreet Boys poster right. growing up. Now people are Googling two oh, things. Man, you, you lost that guy. He's a handsome Brockhauser. man. Yeah, th- yeah, that's where we lost Krista, which, see, that makes more sense, Paula, than losing you on the triptych when Krista gets it. I, I also losing- don't know who Lewis Ruck, Ruckhauser, Ruckheiser. Oh, boy. Who sure. that person is. I did have the Backstreet Boys poster, though. There it is. <laughs> as long as you guys love me. As long uh-huh. as you love me. All right. Uh, uh, back to, hey, you guys mind if we talk about tactics for a second here? <laughs> about managing stress? I yeah. realize we got better stuff to talk about. But Paula, I love Krista's advice there about getting educated. Uh, uh, what's the tactic you use? Listening to the Stacking Benjamins Of podcast. course. Duh. Duh. <laughs> um, I think really diving into your numbers, you know, may, like look at, all, like face your accounts, look at everything, make spreadsheets. Um you know, project forward and and assess backward. So uh, I think really coming face to face with all of your numbers and and doing it in a positive way, not like looking at it and then feeling guilty or shame or whatever, but like look at the numbers, figure out a plan. I think that element of planning can really be a stress reducer. I like that too. And I, I pulled up in preparation for today's show some great sources of, of wisdom, like Krista was talking about earlier, getting educated on what some reputable sources are saying. And I've given Bank of America so much, <laughs> so much hatred over the years. I really like a piece that they have that we'll link to in our show notes. But even before they talk about the numbers, Paula, they talk about even writing down the sources of your stress, like, like writing it down. This is a source of my stress. This is a source of my stress and looking at full in the eye so that like Krista was talking about earlier, not hiding it and getting it out there, writing down your stress. Have you done that? Um, not, not like that. Exactly. No. Um, cause that's almost more of a, like coming to grips with your emotion rather than with the numbers. Sure. Yeah. And, uh, well, which is interesting because number two on their list is doing what you said, which is the numbers. So I think that figuring out where am I emotional and then get the numbers down after that. Follow me. Right. Yeah. I mean, it, it makes sense. It it seems like a a sound strategy. You just cut to the, uh, cut to the chase. Who cares about the emotion? (laughs) Well, I guess that says something about me that I'm more willing to face, the administration that I am willing to face my emotions. <laughs> that may say that's the psychology 101 podcast right there. <laughs> Len, how about you? A tip to reducing stress? 
Yeah, well, I guess you kind of stole my thunder. What I do is it's set a goal. You have an actionable plan how to get there. And what I did basically is I broke my goal, my long-term retirement. First, the, the obvious goal is what are you going to need to retire? So the first the first thing you need to know that there is how much money do you need, do you want to spend per year in retirement, right? But then the thing you do with your goals is you break those goals up into decades and maybe even five-year intervals and say, okay, by the time I'm 40, I want to have this much saved. By the time I'm 50, I want to have this much saved. By the time I'm 60, I want to have this much saved. And every year, reevaluate your status to the goals that you've made and and adjust accordingly. If you're behind, figure out what you have to do to, to get back on track. Or if you have to dial back your goals, maybe you've set unrealistic goals. But th- if you do that, I, that takes all the stress out of the equation. I totally love that. When I was a financial planner, Len, I would do that with my clients, but we would do it in every six-month increments. I mean, because during a six-month time frame, even if you did enough saving, if the market went went against you, you could maybe save just a little more money, make up for that very quickly, versus if you wait five years, um, not having that. But I love the milestones. I mean, and plus you celebrate more often too, right? Absolutely. Yeah. That's, that's, you know, that's what you got to do. Like it's the more uncertainty you take out of your, out of your life, the the less stress you'll have. And just by setting goals and reviewing where you're at, uh, you say six months, I say a year, what, you know, yeah. it, it's going to, you're, you're going to take a lot of stress out. Absolutely. Krista, back to you. You know, a lot of people who are younger, who are in your audience, I'm sure are also focused on debt. You're focused on savings. How big of a stress reducer would it be to pay down debt versus putting more money in the Roth? Yeah, I think for me that that's kind of a fine line because I'm in the same boat having student loans that I need to manage and figure out if I'm going to pay those off all at once or if I'm going to put more money in the Roth. Um, and what, what I've tried to do with that is actually balance it out so that I'm using you know retirement calculators to hit that number like Len was talking about that makes me feel comfortable in retirement, um, but then allocating the rest toward that debt because that, that is definitely a huge consideration for me. So I love that. So just, so to be clear, you, you, you figure out your number, you're, you're putting money away for retirement just to make sure you've got that covered. And that's, that's kind of reducing your stress because then you don't have to worry about the long term. Exactly. And I think one thing I wanted to mention too, that Len just reminded me of is the whole concept of having a plan. And I think for a lot of folks in their twenties, um, it's really not just the retirement stress, uh, that they're worrying about. I know for me, it was just figuring out, you know, what what do I want to do with my life? What does my career look like? There's all of these other factors um, that can also add to the retirement and money stress. And I think just really diving into the numbers and kind of facing numbers and getting educated has actually put me on a path to figure out not just what do I want my retirement to look like, but what do I want my life to actually look like? How do I want to spend my time and my money? And I feel like figuring that out has actually really helped me. It's been the biggest tactic and helping me understand how much I'm going to dedicate to long-term retirement, how much I'm going to dedicate towards saving. And then of course, how much am I going to dedicate toward just spending my money now and enjoying it? It sounds like what you've done, Krista, and not to put words in your mouth. So tell me if this is correct. You've really spent time taking charge, like playing more offense instead of waiting and reacting to things. Like when you're looking at, when you're looking at your numbers, then you go on the attack, right? Instead of waiting for things to hit you. Yeah, that that's exactly right, Joe. It's much more about 
action for me, which I think at the end of the day helps me feel less stressed. Yeah. Yeah. I wanted to ask you as well, we talked earlier about social media and kind of the role that plays with stress. Is there a way that you use social media to help you reduce stress? Is there some hack you have about that? So when it comes to social media, I'll be really honest. I am, I'm pretty terrible with it. That might be better. That might be how you reduce your stress. I I honestly think it is. It's never been something that's been able to hold my attention for a long time, unless I'm searching for something in particular. And I think the way I've been able to use it actually is, you know, as I'm learning about all of these awesome personal finance things, I've gone on to Instagram, for example, and searched specific hashtags that I'm interested in learning about. And then I'll only follow those accounts and kind of not care about the rest of the noise. Oh, that's cool. You're looking for specific things instead of just endless doom scroll. Exactly. And that's something that I just, it's never been able to hold my attention anyway. I tend to fall asleep if I'm reading something like that for too long. (laughs) So using it more as almost like a Google search has been the best thing for me. Yeah, Paula, how about you? You know, I love that in theory, but it's so hard not to get sucked into scrolling. It is so hard. Yeah. Right? I open up Instagram like, because sometimes I'll be like, oh, I'm just going to, I'm just going to post something. I'm not going to look at anything. I'm I'm just going to go on to post something. Oh, look, a fluffy cat. Yeah. 45 minutes later. Right? right? (laughs) Like, wow. (laughs) Well, that's why that, that's why maybe Krista has an advantage there, Paula. That she just, she gets bored by it quickly because I definitely don't. I'm, yeah, exactly. Let's put it this way: I'm bored, but I can't stop. Right, right. Well, I, I'm. I don't know if I'm bored. I'm just like maybe hypnotized. Right, hypnotized. No, I totally, totally agree. Uh, but do you do the same thing? You set up certain accounts that you try to follow. I like that advice. I do. I do. You know, I'll set up accounts. Um, like I, I try to fill my feed with, with things that are both educational and inspiring. Um, so, and, and I save like some of the best stuff that I see, you know, I've got all of these various folders on Instagram or, you know, like you can save and sort. So yeah. uh, I have a lot of those. The, the last piece of advice here, Paula, sticking with you for a second is to consider outside help. Obviously, if stress is in the way that you can't operate, well, then certainly you definitely need outside help because this can get to the point that it can be immobilizing and having some professional help, I think helps. But also I think just when you're dealing with financial stress, having people that aren't as emotional can help as well. Right. You know, there's that expression. It's, it's hard to read the label when you're inside the jar. Oh, I've never heard that. That's fantastic. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And it, it just, it says it so well, that outside perspective you know, they might not even necessarily be saying something earth shattering, but sometimes it just takes hearing someone else say it. But it's also hard to let other people in, though. It is. It, it has to be someone trustworthy. And, and that can be hard, especially when it comes to matters of money. You know, how do you know who to trust? Right. So that's I think the challenge is finding the right person. To is that to. is that where you opt for a pro or do you opt for a trusted friend? I think a pro would be better. A, a, they're, well, I mean, I, you know what? Actually, I take that back. It depends on what type of pro. Yeah. Because there are some pros that are, I don't want to say unethical, but uh, maybe borderline. So it's got to be trusted pro. <laughs> like, yeah, like take half of one, half of the other. 
Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Well, well, and that's where, Len, I want to bring you into this because I know that you and I have had this discussion that you're like, yes, in theory, bring somebody else in. But you said, yeah, I don't really trust anybody else. So when you've gotten it all emotional about your stuff, where do you go? Who do you turn to if you're looking for outside help? I go to my cousin, the CPA. (laughs) (laughs) Well, he is a trusted pro then, right? Well, he is. Yes, he is. And he's, you know, he's, boy, he's got a good handle on, on money. So yeah, that's, that's who I would go to. But and you, I love, by the way, I love that inside the jar. You can't read the label. I'm going to steal that one, Paula. Oh, you've never heard that either. I've never heard that. That's fantastic. Yeah. Krista, have you heard that before? No, I haven't. I'm well, now, well, now see, <laughs> Paula, you've never heard of a triptych and we have, and you stumped <laughs> us all on that one. So nice to, that's a touche moment. Contribute something. Right. <laughs> my legacy on that's, this show. Oh. I'm going to use that at the dinner table tonight. Just <laughs> wow, wow the whole family with that one. Bam. He's going to bring a mic just so he can drop it, Paula. <laughs> Watch this, honeybee. Bam. <laughs> hey, uh, let's find out what all of you guys are doing where you live before we say goodbye to today's episode. Uh, we'll let our guest of honor go last. Mr. Penzo, what's happening at lempenzo.com? Oh, no, I don't know. You know what? Uh, stop by if you want. Uh, Saturday's my big day where we have my weekly roundup, have a little community commentary. People go back and forth. Uh, you want your dose of doom and gloom? Uh, stop by Saturday's. <laughs> it's called Black Coffee. I try to put a, a fun spin on it so you don't get all depressed. I noticed that you said in a recent uh, tweet the same thing that our Brookings uh, Institute scholar that was just on uh, mentioned that you're looking at, uh, it, it, instead of crypto, really, we're going to have a central bank. CBDCs. Uh, yeah. yeah. Digital currencies. Really, yeah. I won't say ex- he was excited about it, but he thought we're much more likely to see the prominence of that. Sounds like you agree. Yeah, I think that's, I agree. Those are, that's coming. Yeah. The question is, is it, is that something we should all be excited for? Or right. Not? He's, he said the same exact <laughs> thing. So Paula, what's happening at Afford Anything? On the Afford Anything, well, first of all, first of all, I just have to say, this is the episode where I, uh, I always thought the OG stood for other guy. And now I know that stands for Oscar, Oscar the Grouch. <laughs> right? No, it's like, a, it, it can be, a, it doesn't have to be either or Paula. Oh, I see. Yes. I see. We we live in a in, in a yes and society. That's right. Yes. <laughs> On the Afford Anything podcast, you, Joe Salcihai, join me every other episode to answer questions that come from our community. And also Ryan Holiday, Stoic philosopher, talks about courage and uh the, the concept of courage and what that's all about. In addition to that, I've got a solo episode all about real estate investing. So all of that's on the Afford Anything podcast. Speaking of social media, I was having not a great day this morning. And you know how Twitter shows you some just suggested tweets. There, there was a Ryan Holiday tweet this morning. Kind of got me through my day. And what's funny is I don't even remember what it said now anymore, Paul. So not very helpful for podcasting and helping other people. But yeah, it was more put your head down and get the work done. You'll feel better, you know? Oh, nice. Which sounds like Ryan Holiday, doesn't it? It does. It does. I, I actually saw an inspiring Ryan Holiday tweet the other day as well. It actually made me feel a little guilty. He was like, he said, uh, I've never lost He was like, hey, hey, Paula, stop stalking me. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Sorry. He he said, I've never lost my temper and then later thought, I'm really glad I did that. 
Oh, you know what's funny is I heard that same second half of that phrase applied to a firing decision. The guy from 1-800-Flowers was talking to Jack Welch, the, the guy who ran GE, and he asked Jack Welch about, you know, we've got this guy, he's a nice guy, but he's just not working out for our company. What should we do? And Jack Welch said to him, Paula, he said, I've never had a time where I'm like, thank God I waited six months before I fired him. Like it never works out. You know what I mean? If you're sure in your gut that it's not working out now, six months is just going to be, yeah, yeah. Make it better for everybody right now. Right. That probably applies to breakups too. Well, yeah. Yeah. You know, I'd never thought about that, but same thing. Yeah. You're never doubting a relationship and six months later go, man, glad I hung in there. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, that got deep and sad. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> See, this is what happens when you discuss Ryan Holiday. <laughs> that is exactly it. Krista Edwards, thanks so much for hanging out with us. Yeah, it was awesome to be here, guys. Thank you for having me. I'm so happy you could hang out. So tell us what's happening at Ready to Roth. What's coming up? So at Ready to Roth, you guys can head over there and go ahead and subscribe to the new monthly newsletter that I'm rolling out. Awesome. It's called The Monthly Jam. What I'm going to do with this newsletter is highlight the uh, best money content collaborations of the month, as well as some of the best music collaborations of the month that I've heard, because I love music and I want to make that a part of what I'm doing as well. And then, of course, I'll share what's going on at Ready to Roth, including a recent blog post for the month. Awesome. Well, I'm always trying to improve my Spotify playlist. So uh, you got me with music, Krista. Awesome. You know, the yeah. money the money thing, not that big a deal. I mean, who cares, really? No, I'm, <laughs> I'm kidding. Hey, hey, hey Krista. Krista, can, can I put a request in? Oh, boy. Can, can you put some bad sons in? Absolutely. I love All them. Right. Uh, I love them, too. They're awesome. Oh, I thought he was going to say Bieber. <laughs> <laughs> No, no. Bieber fits uh, the vibe that I'm going for. <laughs> Not quite. Well, everybody head on over to Ready to Roth. And by the way, if you're walking the dog or on your commute, if you still commute, uh, head to stackingbenjamins.com and you'll see links to not only Krista's great blog, but the Afford Anything podcast, lempenso.com and more. All right. That's going to do it for today, everybody. Doug, you got it from here, man. What should we have learned today? Well, Joe, first, take a lesson from our roundtable. Don't worry about retirement. Just get moving. Worrying gets you nowhere. Second, take it from Krista. Instead of getting grouchy, make sure you're educated about the thing that's stressing you out. It can be like taking a giant chill pill. But the big lesson, even when you give that grouch OG the day off, that won't stop him from letting you have it when you call him grouchy. You should have heard the scorching voicemail I just got from him. To learn more about our guests and for more resources, you can head to our show notes page at stackingbenjamins.com. To get more from Krista Edwards, check out the Ready to Roth blog at readytoroth.com. To hear more from Paula, check out the Afford Anything podcast wherever finer podcasts are found. Like, not here. And hey, to read the latest... We're, we're right here, dude. <laughs> You're still listening? And to read the latest from Len, just head over to lenpenzo.com, who can also be found at the persistentitch.com. Oh, you know died. that.
Welcome to the after show. This is the part of the show that doesn't exist. What happens in the after show, of course, stays in the after show. We don't talk about it. If you have to talk about it, we call it dessert. If you find something here that you have to mention, but I thought we've all had some financial <laughs> advice that we've been given that just turned out to be absolutely horrible. Maybe increased our stress, right? The goal is to decrease stress, but maybe something that somebody told you to do that either increased stress or something that was just so amazingly bad. And and I guess I'll start it off while you guys are thinking of one, if you have one. I had just switched over from being a financial professional to the financial media side of things. And I'm reading a lot of blogs. And this dude, a well-known blogger, spent so much energy talking about how your entire uh, emergency fund should be in gold, should absolutely be in gold. And if you're not familiar with how gold fluctuates... That, that wasn't me. <laughs> I was going to say that. Uh, a great writer, uh, he's retired now, but, but William Updegrave wrote a wonderful piece where he said that gold is eight times more volatile than the stock market, meaning it goes up and down eight times more often, right? It's all over the place. And uh, so if you think the stock market is volatile putting your money in gold, of course, is is even more of a roller coaster. And that was one that just made me go, oh boy, oh boy, not good. Yeah, Len, I was absolutely certain that <laughs> that, that wasn't you. <laughs> You've seen some horrible stuff, I would imagine. <laughs> on the just some, just like, in all wow, my advice. years, I've seen some, I've seen some horrible stuff. Um, well, <laughs> What what have I seen that's horrible? I you know I'm really I'm really struggling at this at this time. Maybe go there's to somebody these, else. I, what, what, I really can't think of, think right now. There's these people who are peddling life insurance that, that cures everything. Oh yeah, right. Of course, of and, course. And don't get me wrong. Please don't write me because I understand that that can be great until you run out of cash flow. And if you don't have great cash flow, it goes south in a hurry, and it just drives me crazy, Paula. Uh, I was going to say, and and this isn't one big piece of bad advice. It's more like many, many tiny little pokes of... um, Death by pinpricks? Yeah, exactly. Ooh, pinprick. I like that. You're welcome. That's very visual. I like to say death by a thousand paper cuts, but pinprick. That's um, That's probably what I was going for, and I missed it. (laughs) (laughs) But I overused death by a thousand paper cuts, so I'm glad to have variation on that. Um, but the uh, the example that I was going to give is a one particular very frugal uh, writer comes to mind who recommends some extreme frugality measures like bisecting your dryer sheets, ripping dryer sheets in half, <laughs> or unscrewing your oven lights. Oh, I miss the dude on our show who used to talk about that. <laughs> same, same. Mr. Greg would get on a rant about this blogger. Yeah, un- un- unscrewing your oven light bulb. What does that save you? Like like three cents a year, maybe. What do you say about renting CDs from the, not even renting, like uh, checking out CDs from the library and copying them onto your hard drive? Wow. Is it 1992? Like, wow. Right, right. And I wonder if there's some, I don't know, some copyright infringement thing going on there. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> So yeah, and I think the reason that not. that frugality, I mean, it's, it's fun to laugh at like, oh, I remember another one of his tips. So he recommended buying the biggest shampoo bottle that you can get, of course, because it's cheaper per unit. Sure. You know? But then he noted that if you have a larger bottle of shampoo, you're likely to use more. And so he recommended getting the big bottle and then 
parceling it out into these smaller bottles. Little tiny so bottles. That, yeah, so that you have the experience of handling a smaller bottle when you're taking a shower, which means that you're not as likely to overuse that quantity of shampoo. Are you saying I need to stop doing that? <laughs> it's like, it's fine advice, but the problem is the headspace that it puts you in. Like psychologically, when you get into this headspace of trying to over-optimize every little nuanced detail of your life, you're not creating anything of value that you're putting out in the world. It's funny. There's a frugal forum where I see that type of bad advice a lot. And one person was saying, is it just me or do you guys all stop by the car dealership in the morning to get their free coffee? Meaning, meaning, you know, the car dealer has this free coffee sitting there for customers. So you're stealing coffee from the car dealer because you don't want to spend you know, a buck making it at home or whatever right. it might be. Right. Well, what about enduring, say, an hour and a half pitch for, say, a timeshare so you can get the steak knives or the 60-inch flat screen TV? Right. Would right. you do that? <laughs> right. Would you? Well, it's interesting because I don't – see, I think about, on one hand, they offer it. And so why wouldn't I take advantage of it? And I'll tell you what I'm thinking about. My sister-in-law and brother-in-law took a trip for four from Michigan to Hawaii. And it seemed like a really expensive trip. And then it turned out it was all paid for by this timeshare presentation when they got there. And they ended up, Len, you know, they promised it would be an hour. They ended up, of course, spending like four and a half hours trying to get out of, you know, the hard clothes to get the trip. But, but, but I also got to think that when somebody offers me a trip to Hawaii from Michigan for four people... I'm going to end up paying for it. Event, somehow you're going to end up paying for it. Yes, I, I think so. The only, you know, I did it once for points for actually at one of the hotel chains was doing it and they offered me like 60 or 80,000 uh, points. Oh yeah. So I was like, you know what, for an hour and a half, I'm going to know they're going to hard sell me and I'm just going to suck it up and just tell them no, 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 no. And that's what I did. And I was glad I did it actually. It was worth it. It was worth it in that case. And, and so I think the thinking behind it is like, essentially, what's your hourly rate? Right. Oh, yeah, right. Hourly rate makes sense. Right. Yep. That's but a good the, way to look the at other it. side of that also is first fill your schedule with all of the things that you can't outsource. And then only if there's time remaining, do, you know, take on things that are optional. And, and in this context, when I say outsource, I mean, and that applies to a vacation too, like first fill your vacation with all of the things that are not are non-optional for you all of the things that actually matter and then if there's remaining time then you can try to optimize your hourly rate krista how about you in the time that you've been been uh working on ready to roth you've probably already seen just some some stuff that makes you pause i have i i think for me it's a lot of bad credit advice like people who tell you to automatically get an auto loan, like even if you don't have any credit oh. and take a loan that's, you know, seven, eight, nine percent interest to start building credit. I feel like I see that a lot. And in my own credit, you know, credit building adventure, I was originally told that I should always carry a balance every month and I should I get a store credit card, like a JCPenney credit card, and I barely shopped there. And I did both of those things and I never shopped there. So I never looked at the credit card. And they actually ended up canceling it on me. So that was my own <laughs> um, money journey with that bad advice. 
Well, and that's weird because when it comes to credit, I feel like a lot of people, to your point, put the cart before the horse, so to speak. You know, it's like, is it more important to, to be financially stable or to have good credit? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's funny. We did a TikTok video recently about a, a guy saying, you know how I afford all these cars? I use other people's money, meaning he just takes out loans for them all. Because loans, I don't know if you know this, Krista, they solve everything. Oh, yeah. I've definitely heard that one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's a great one. Get more loans. Doug, how about you? Cherry on this Sunday? I'm sorry. I just woke up, Joe. What, what's the question again? <laughs> and we'll end on that. I think that's a good place to stop. All right, guys. Thanks a ton. Thanks for hanging out with us, everybody. Krista, thanks for hanging out. That was a blast. You got to come do this again with us. I would love to. It was awesome chatting with you guys. Len, Paula, thanks as always. Doug. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. See you. Tuna casserole night. See, oh, my! I'll be right over. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Oh. Yeah, I'm on my way. I know, right? I know, Joe, with your, your tuna. You know, I know how you love tuna. <laughs> so, your famous tuna tuna and wife giving birth story. That's don't, that. don't, don't, don't. <laughs> Wait, what? I was just about to leave the stage. And oh, no. What? No. Well, maybe we have the real after. Oh, my God. For once, I didn't stop hitting record. <laughs> so, oh, uh, my God. Okay, so Cheryl's having twins, and uh, which is you know considered a high risk pregnancy. So she's so she is 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 in and and it is taking a long time for the babies to come, and uh, so I get hungry as you do, and I decide to go to the cafeteria, and the cafeteria is closed, but they, except for that little you know stand where you can get stuff, and they've got pre made sandwiches. So I grab a tuna sandwich, and I. And I just open it and I start eating it and I stand over Cheryl and I'm like, Hey, how you doing? How you, how you feeling? You, you feeling good? And, and actually the doctor grabs me. The doctor's hilarious. Dr. Calvert was awesome. It, fantastic doctor, but also a wonderful sense of humor. He just grabs my arm. He's like, what the hell are you doing? I'm like, I'm asking Cheryl, she's feeling good. He's like, you're standing over a pregnant woman who's in the middle of contractions with the tuna fish sandwiches saying H words in her face. Has she ever eaten tuna since then? She does, Krista, but she doesn't let me live it down. So no. So thanks for bringing that up again, Len. It's almost as funny as what I envisioned when Len set it up. Pretty good story. Not quite what I put together in my head when Len teed it up the way he did, but pretty damn good. It was not good. Not, 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 not my finest hour. Well, stackers, the show is over, but the party is just beginning here. You know why? Because it's Military Appreciation Month, and we are giving out shout outs to all of our friends who have served in the military. And let's point uh, the finger right here at our good friend, OG who spent time in the military. And of course, we know what a giver he is, even when he pretends like he's being uh, Mr. Surly. Navy Federal offers member-only exclusive rates, discounts, and tools to empower their members to help them reach their goals. Visit NavyFederal.org slash celebrate, and you'll see all their Military Appreciation Month offers and other Navy Federal offers. They've got all kinds of resources on their site, like Best Cities After Service to help veterans transition to civilian life and best careers for military spouses. 
to support military families. So much going on. Just head over to NavyFederal.org slash celebrate and take a look at all the Military Appreciation Month offers and their usual offers. Navy Federal, our members are the mission. Navy Federal is insured by NCUA, Equal Housing Lender.